Hello, hello everybody. I have really forgot how to do this, but welcome to I Understood That Reference. I don't know what episode it is. I don't know where we are. All I know is that it's February and it's the first episode of 2022. Rob, my friend, how are you, buddy? Hello. It's 2022. It's spring. There's a spring in our steps. Metaphorically speaking, at least. <laughs> That's not my step. <laughs> Certainly not. Uh, fuck it. How do I do this again? I've, I'm already out of energy. That, that's all I got for the episode. <laughs> Off you go. Hello, every Hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was... I understood the reference, everybody. Have a great new... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Don't worry, folks. It'll, 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 it'll ease in, folks. So this is basically for our first episode of 2022. There's there's no big plan for this episode. It's one of your classic, we're just going to talk pure shit because we haven't in a while. We've saved up. Our, our, we haven't talked about Spider-Man, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to have a talk about Uncharted. And I have a funny, a funny weird quiz thing to ask uh, to ask Rob later on. So, so if you've never listened to us before, that's basically what we do. We just talk movies. If you're looking for like brand new information, some great news and stuff, we're not the podcast. <laughs> no. I'm just setting setting out that stall right now. Yeah, if us <laughs> talking about Spider-Man, which has been out the, uh, two months now, isn't a hint that we're not exactly <laughs> quick to the news cycle, then... Wait a second. I, I met the amazing Spider-Man from 10 years ago. Oh, right. Oh, it's coming back. Yeah, they're remaking it. So we're, if anything, we're ahead of the game there. There you go. Perfect. But look, Perfect. before before we jump into our somewhat movie discussions, I'm just going to... Rob, how, how have you been? How is... We haven't touched base with the listeners and stuff since, like, December. Yeah. So, any crack? I know I know there has been crack. There's been loads of crack. But uh, anything, you want, anything in particular that stands out that you want to share with the listeners around uh, Listen, Ross and I convened after recording our December episode, our Christmas special, in Dublin. We had a great time. It was a nice Christmas... Yes. It was a nice Christmas gathering. We had friends from various friends from our alma mater chatting away, talking shite, and Christ, did it go downhill after <laughs> after that? <laughs> I I oh, got the gift. Oh. I got the gift of COVID in our household on Christmas day night. <laughs> oh, it was great fun isolating over that week and New Year's Eve, and and I was telling, I was explaining, to, I was reminding Ross before we jumped on here in our preamble. It's where we dust we dust off the cobwebs. Although I'll tell you, Jesus, we didn't get all of them. There's still plenty of them here while we're recording. No, I'll tell you. But um, I, I, out of the five in my household, I somehow didn't get it. So ironically, I was isolating as the healthy individual by myself over the Christmas period. So I, let me tell you, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad we're back. But things, you know, but that was that was the dip. But then it recovered. I, I, I reached a certain milestone at the start of January. Um, you sure did. I didn't know where to say it. Uh, I, I did. I'm finally. I'm entering the priesthood. That's right. I I did it. I finally. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was like, Jesus. I know we're Irish, but not everybody at a certain age just joins yeah, the priesthood. If you're not married by it's thirty, like... you have to become a priest. That's that's the rules. Yeah. It, it's on the Irish certificate of birth. There you yeah, go, now, yeah, sir. Exactly. Yeah. No. But we had a we had a bit of a, a there was a surprise shindig was organised for me. It was a good time. Uh, Rasta Rune was. I think he was he was scheming to come over, but it was it clashed as as these things do with his own excursions. But um, yeah, January has been on the up, and now I'm on the down. So you know, pay, pay, paying the price for all the exuberance at celebrations over the last few weeks. But yeah, it's been a, a wild old time. Hence why you know we've been slow getting out back to you with the old episodes because we've been we've been busy bees. 
as ha- yeah yeah well <laughs> less so now <laughs> hence the recording well well less so for me but like like to be fair after the last two years and i guess it's weird because I, I should probably touch on this because in this podcast it's been like an almost like a time capsule of the whole covid period and pandemics and what's happening with restrictions and yada yada and like hilariously as he as rob said there they're like covid was in the house but he didn't get it um ireland opened up like <laughs> last saturday just last saturday opened up for, everything is open everything's back I avoided COVID for two years. The first day it opens up again, boom, Ross gets COVID. <laughs> uh, thankfully, I was absolutely fine. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still in isolation as as we speak. And look, my, my experience is is better than a lot of other people's. But look, all I'll say is I'm glad I had that old booster and that old vaccine me. <clears throat> as he talks, he coughs. Amazing. But yeah, it's a good thing I had all that that, that stuff in me. So, so get your vaccines and your boosters. Um, yeah, Rob turned... Uh, a nice hit a nice milestone so happy birthday thank Rob. you i did want to get over the original plan was to get over but um my my one of my really really good friends who listens to this podcast so i want to throw out a absolutely phenomenally huge shout out to uh, ashling and dara who got married and it was excellent um, I'm going to have a special segment, not in this episode, but it'll come up soon because Ashling has sent many a thing to this podcast. Uh, remember we were talking before about a romantic comedy, one of the quotes ones, Lost in Translation? Yes. Yeah, she sent me a whole list of stuff for that. So next episode, as a as a special you know, shout out to her, we, we'll do that next week and you're going to lose pathetically at it, is what oh, I would imagine. Oh, we're, we're catering to them. They robbed... Me of you on my special day, the selfish feckers, and now I have to do a game. Oh, I see how it is. I see where the priorities lie. Well, I hope they're entertained. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I hope they're entertained by all this. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> I was told, I was told by the groom. <laughs> Should I tell this story? I don't know. I don't know the story. Yeah, so the day after the wedding, um, it was great fun. It was so much fun to be at something like that again after so long. Uh, and but the day after, <laughs> the, the groom came up to me and he said, "Well, Ross, you you certainly made quite an impression on uh, everybody last <laughs> night. Somebody met you, and within two seconds was like, he he just handed me a shot of baby Guinness, and five minutes later, I was up in my hotel room getting sick. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> not me. That was their story. But look, that's I guess that's what happens after two years of Ross being in a suspended a suspended period of restrictions. But look, let enough." Absolute rot <laughs> about us and our lives. It's been a while. The cobwebs, folks. The cobwebs. It has. It has been a while. Let's let's do some discussions about movies. Thanks anybody who stuck with us for the period that we were gone, and we have got actually a good few listens, which I did not expect since we haven't released an episode. But there you go. But yeah, welcome back, and hopefully everybody's doing well. So let's jump on right in because I have not talked about this with Rob, and I have been like literally holding in to talk about this with him. <laughs> So let's do it. Rob, what did you think of the Eternals? <laughs> oh, Christ. Listen, I, it's funny. I haven't distilled my thoughts in preparation for this. I should have. But um, I mean, I'm half joking. We're going to obviously talk about Spider-Man, but I just wanted to get your, your a 30 second thought. <laughs> 30 second thought. Uh, that it's a movie. Oh, here's how I describe it. Marvel hired... Uh, a director <laughs> yes they did famed for her approach her sort of naturalistic uh, unscripted very um, intense kind of socially observant approach to filmmaking and they said to her right you've got free reign except 
except <laughs> you've got to squeeze you've got to squeeze your style into our very rigid Marvel formula. They spent months explaining how this is going to be this is the most unique thing that's ever come out of the MCU. It is the most generic, overblown, long-winded MCU film I've seen in a long time. Like since like I'm talking like fun but overblown in the same way that Age of Ultron has that kind of style to it and it's probably it's probably even worse than that uh, to be honest it's definitely worse than than Age of Ultron it is definitely worse it is so long the character de- uh. the character decisions are appalling I, I I liked the cast but what the, the choices they made for the characters were weird Um, like for example here's just a random nitpick why were they all so childlike like the, there was no I was like these people are 7,000 years old or whatever why aren't they sort of wise and omniscient and interesting no they're just fucking bickering all the time like they're toddlers and it was really grating and irritating and like there's an Irish actor in it Barry Keown who's very creepy he's a bit of a lad in it and I was like oh, I don't like that at all why would you be like that he, there's a point, why would you be like that and there's a point in it where you're definitely supposed to agree with what he's doing but he does it in such a weird cre- creepy manner that you're Weasley, like the Weasley uh, yeah. away you're just like oh and like cause, because they're trying to convey that this guy oh this guy might be the villain misdirect this guy might be the villain so we'll make him a bit creepy and mysterious he just came but the problem is, is that had a lasting effect on the character yeah. regardless of what the outcome was yeah. um, listen it tried to do an awful lot and it made no sense no. and uh, it's summarised by the fact that you know one of the characters is named Icarus and that's obviously a mythological <laughs> reference and can, and you, they had to, can you see where this is going and they had to <laughs> fucking satisfy that name inexplicably by having him fly into the sun out of guilt at the end of the movie. And when that happened, and it was such a passing moment, I kind of blinked and went, did that just fucking happen there? Did they just do, did they just in front of my very eyes try and pass this off as this profound, amazing reference to Icarus's flies too close to the sun and melts his arse off or whatever because he was made do, of wax. His you, wings were made of wax. Do you remember what I said to you in the discussion before? There was a point when I laughed and the people turned and looked at me. When that happened at the end, that super serious emotional beat, I just burst out laughing and everybody looked at me and was like did he did he do that because his name was Icarus he's like well I guess I I guess I gotta do this then like was that just the first thing that came to his mind do you know what's also really silly about that is <laughs> someone taught, someone explained this to me and I burst out laughing this is how this is how sort of sort of surface level this is how paper thin the sort of the mythos of these characters is and kind of the mechanics of everything in that film in the movie he, he like he's chatting to them and they're like oh Icarus, you, you, you old boldy, you, you fecker. <laughs> you bastard. And he's, just, and he's just like, oh, I'm so guilty. I'm so guilty. Off I go. And you know, five minutes later, he's he burns up in the sun. Someone explained to me that the speed of Icarus, if you were to map that out over, you know, to, in correlation to what the actual distance from the Earth to the sun is, which is 150 million miles. <laughs> that should have taken him 12 years. Jesus it should have taken him 12 years. <laughs> So, a lot of guilt a lot of guilt there to ruminate on in that 12 years I guess huh so really, so really what they should have done is like you know extended the movie just like did like a flash forward like 12 years later they're all going on about their things and then quickly go back to him just going ah there we go yeah, to the yeah. sun. somebody's just watching the sun all something goes Psh. oh what do you reckon that was I don't know <laughs> nice uh, just the film the film tried to do weird stuff I thought visually it had some really interesting moments I kind of liked their kind of gold wire framed sort of aesthetic at least it looks different 
but they but like they just abandoned so many plot points that made no sense to me so like <laughs> you mean like the, oh these 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 guys these aliens are the real bad guys and then they're just they never basically come into it again until the very end of the film it's they also forgot about the big bad guys like oh hey 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 guys i'm here hey oh oh never mind i'm gone <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit in it. There's bits where, like, one of these deviants starts con- the baddies, or they, or what's teed up to be the baddies, start consuming the powers of the Eternals, and they start turning into people. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. I bet you these were actually a race that the what are the cosmic big beings? What are those guys called again? The giant lads floating in space. Ah, the Celestials. So I thought the Celestials that was a former race that they then corrupted as punishment for like misbehaving or they were former Eternals. I thought what was going to happen was they'd slowly transform and then suddenly they'd transform and oh my god it's a it's an Eternal. This whole time that we've been fighting other like old Eternals because they started like becoming you know they started morphing into into like people and the one one, the the main one had like a voice at the end. Yeah. I was like wow that's fascinating and then they just kill him. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) it. That's it. Instead of that because you're also like oh obviously now we're going to feel sorry for this character and he's becoming more human so we're actually going to be on his side a bit like Captain Marvel when you're like oh my god they're not the real enemies no 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 they just kill him <laughs> like literally sentience sentience be damned I was like oh like Angelina Jolie's getting absorbed here maybe maybe this means uh, when she absorbs her manifesting her is enough then to become his true form again and instead she literally slices him up and he falls apart like blocks of cheese. Yeah, yeah. That's how silly it is. It's like maybe maybe, maybe we'll all, we'll all realise that we're sharing a common goal. And, you know, Optimus Prime is going to be like, sentience is the right of all human beings. Or freedom is the right of all sentient beings and stuff, you know. Instead, it's like, nah, mm. nah, just cut him up. Come to pieces. Forget about him. Don't even think about him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, honestly, there was lots of... It was that classic scenario of, like, the, 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 the Marvel Universe can't reconcile between, you know, trying to stay within the sort of rough sort of you know through line of story that it has established over 25 movies exactly in in comparison you know against the the you know a a unique director's style or approach to storytelling where they want to put their own mark on something you know it 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 was it was never going to work and like honestly it gave me it reminded me of the Zack Snyder approach especially like the Justice League thing where stuff was put in to look cool without really making any sense yeah like (laughs) like the, the bit where listen I think it was Hiroshima or, or Nagasaki there was a reference to. So there's this stunning, ex- like, sort of faraway shot of, like, the the, you know, the aftermath of a nuclear explosion. You're like, oh, my God, that's harrowing. Look at that. And then your man is just sitting in the middle of the debris just crying. Like, why is he there? Because <laughs> he's watching. That's Because that's, that's what they do, apparently. That's what, that's what they do. But, Rob, just... I want to carry a true line you just said there about... about <sighs> How, how clearly the Marvel Universe now, 25 movies in or however many years on, is maybe just beginning to fall apart at the seams. And uh, that true line is going to feed into Spider-Man No oh. Way Home. Okay? Now that sounds like I have, okay. I'm really going to criticise this film. But look, Rob, tell me, because we, we have not discussed this. What did you think of Spider-Man No Way Home. What did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Did you love it? Is it the best film ever? Is it the best MCU film? Is it a mediocre MCU film? It's it's a fine MCU film, but it's a fantastic cinema experience. And I'll explain there's an important there's a distinction between those two. I think this is something that people can really enjoy because it leverages history from not just the MCU but other films in the Spider-Man canon. <laughs> but the story makes no sense. Or at least at least the anchor point upon which the whole 
metaverse reality or what's it called the multiverse becomes it to be I, I went to see this with my siblings in a packed cinema and go probably how we got covid for effect's sake yeah. but we had a blast at this like it was a lot of fun especially the i think the first maybe the first third or so of the movie is just a little bit slow because you know it's it's getting up to speed or whatever and that's fine a lot of movies do, you know need that space uh but you know the by the back half of the movie it's basically nailing nearly every beat it's astonishing and how it pulled it off it actually blows my mind like the fact that it works it, well, it doesn't really work the logic of it, the, the, the mechanics of it don't work but the entertainment value just lands so sweetly i had a great time with it and i i'm you know i'm glad for the the, the people that they brought back actually it kind of i've, I've renewed faith and interest in, in you know in former icons or former people who portrayed that that character what do you think? What do you think? Do you, you liked it? Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. That that's that's a very succinct way to describe the whole film, actually, and I I would agree with that. That I, I, it's been a while since I've seen a film that requires you to not ask questions so much, like to literally yeah. on an almost you have to suspend disbelief. Oh, constantly, almost con- like to the extent where it actually really hurts. And this is what I was talking about: the true line of the MCU again. It really yeah. hurts a lot of characters and a lot of environmental aspects and contextual aspects of the MCU. Like, Doctor Strange is... His character, for me, got ripped to shreds by this film. Yeah, like, absolutely top to bottom, made a fool of, made a joke of, torn to shreds. All these really cool mystical elements and some of the worlds he controls, even them are just reduced to absolute, like, just plot jokes or, like, a throwaway line to be like, ha, ha, ha. And as well as that, the decisions he makes and the decisions he does for Peter Parker. And like you said, the reason. So I guess it's been out ages now. And this isn't really a spoiler because it's the start of the film. Like Peter Parker wants to get people to forget that he's Spider-Man because MJ, him and Ned can't get into colleges. And that's the whole reason he does this crazy (laughs) thing. Now in the comics, what happened and this exact kind of storyline happened there as well and it was like absolutely destroyed by critics and destroyed by fans for years basically he gives up he goes to Mephesto because Aunt May is shot and he's like she's gonna die and if people can forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man I'll save her life but I'll also take away your marriage to MJ so it's really weird but there at least there was stakes as in to save Aunt May's life but this idea that like Doctor Strange would just go ahead with this tremendously universe altering which goes against everything every principle he learned in his whole movie and in Endgame and when he's like the Tony Stark that you know you can't go back and there's only one chance at this and we have to do it this way and then his kid comes to him to like alter the fabric of reality and he's like sure (laughs) sure thing oh oh (laughs) Don't call me. Don't call me. Don't call me, sir. Yeah, don't call. <laughs> Sounds and then, weird. And instead of like, instead of being like, well, I'm the protector of this realm. I have to go sort it out. He's like, oh, you sort it out, Parker. <laughs> You're like, hey, doctor, come on, man. Come on, buddy. Like, but look. Just snap your fucking fingers and send them back. Yeah, You know how exactly. to do this. And, and also the, 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 the reasons the people that come back that, that are given in the film make zero sense. The characters that come back <laughs> make zero sense the implications <laughs> yeah. for other characters that surely would have come back as well are like wait a second so does that mean that mary jane from the amazing spider-man is back as well it's all the people who are destined to die in spider-man's universe that comes back but your mary jane in that universe died so does she come back but in spite of all this 
it is like you said it from as a, as a as a cinematic film it is so enjoyable and like this, this Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are both back in it and they are both excellent Andrew Maguire I think absolutely <laughs> Andrew Maguire is that Andrew Maguire what is his name <laughs> Andrew Garfield you've combined <laughs> you've combined the t- You've combined the two, and he sounded like honestly that was that was the name of someone in school for me. Was it? So somehow, yeah, that's God. That's a funny. I was thinking of Andy funny... Dwyer. That's who I was thinking of from Parks and Rec. Uh... And Andrew <laughs> McGuire. <laughs> he's such a. He's like Tom Cruise in some film. Like meet Andrew McGuire. <laughs> Nice. Son of Jerry Maguire. That's what you were talking. That's what you were talking. That's, that's oh, where it's anyway, Sorry. No, no. But, sorry. But continue. Andrew Garfield is. I think he steals this film. He's excellent at every scene. He's exactly like Spider Man. He clearly watched Spider Man into the Spider Verse and just went, "I'm going to be that Peter B. Parker guy. That's just who I'm going to be, and that's what he is." Uh, but also because of that, it makes me realize. I don't. I just don't love Tom Holland's Spider Man. He's he's easily oh, the weakest. I'm... Easily the weakest in the tree. I, okay, I'm glad you said that. Not that he's not a good actor. I just think when when the other two were there, especially when Andrew Garfield, who who I I couldn't remember. He was a joy to watch. Not a moment. He doesn't waste a moment, and you can no. see like he's just so grateful to be back. You can feel it in every line that he says. He's having a lot of fun. He's not taking himself too seriously. We'll get to some of the like our favorite kind of maybe character beats maybe in a second, but I I think you know people are saying you know Tom Holland's movies are so successful, uh, you know this is the most successful Spider Man movie. It's this outside of Endgame and Infinity War. This is the most successful Marvel movie. It's made one point seven billion dollars. It's third in the MCU. Wow, comfortably like this is it's obviously higher than the other Avengers movies. That's how. Um, good it is but that is not due to Tom Han's success that is because it leverages the incredible history rich history of Spider-Man films that have come before it like people that's like I I've heard that argument of you could slot another actor in place of Tom Holland especially in this movie maybe not in the others where he has more time to, to breathe but in this one it makes no difference if it's him or not honestly like and that sounds harsh, but I think that's the reality of the situation. You didn't go to the movie to see Tom Holland. You went to go and see it because you saw that Doc Ock was back and you knew the Green Goblin was going to be there. And you'd heard rumours that Tommy Maguire and Andrew Garfield were making an appearance again. You went for all of those yeah. characters and those guys being back. You Like, Tom Holland, honest, and it's and actually there's there's bits in it where the three Spider-Men are talking to each other. And I, it's even more painfully obvious that Holland's comic timing isn't nearly as strong as the others oh. where they're doing like jokey lines and it, it actually you know it actually stands out almost like i'm i'm a bit, i was a bit like oh yeah you didn't hit that beat there in comparison to how good i like that there's some more experienced actors maybe and it's a bit easier for them because they have less maybe at stake in the movie there's they're under less scrutiny but i i felt like he he, he was he was outshone massively especially by and like garfield like every, every time andrew garfield's spider-man was on on screen I was Did you ever see that animated Spider-Man move, uh, Cartoon series In the early 90s 
Yes, and oh yeah, it's yeah. all I could think of was like that. That's the same guy, or like that's that's the Spider Man I grew up with. Like, and even when he first comes into it, and he's like, you know, he's made to clean the cobwebs by by Ned's grandmother or whatever. It was like pure yeah. Spider Man in its purest essence, and his his quips and his like jokes were so Spider Man. Like he was at the whole time he's on. I'm like, there's a reason people don't love you know, that bloody Spider-Man Far From Home or what Homecoming or whatever. I can't even remember those films. But instead, I'm like, every time... And the, the, probably the most satisfying... And I guess we get into this now about your favourite bits. And I guess yeah. I'll, I'll just got to throw this out there first. The, the, the most satisfying bit for me, and this goes to say, like, says so much about where the film was and what the best bits were and what I was most invested in, is when... MJ falls off the clock, off, off the roof. Yes! Green Goblin hits Tom Holland, Spider-Man away, and Andrew Garfield is the one who jumps down and gets to save her. And he's crying, he's motion. he's like, are you okay? You know, and he's, it's pure Spider-Man, but it's all based on another film's emotional beat. And it's not... Yeah, 100%. It's not a Tobey Maguire... No, sorry. It's not a Tom Holland... Tom Holland Spider-Man movie beat it's Andrew Garfield's shitty Spider-Man movie beat but still resonates more than anything that Tom Holland Spider-Man films have you know yeah because like if we think about like so Aunt May dies in this one as well which is a bit forced for me because they obviously wanted to like fucking hell like they really like getting these characters down on their luck now because now he has basically no one but I guess that was the point that they were trying to make yeah. I don't like the idea of having to kill Aunt May like you already lost people yeah I feel like they didn't like, have to hell. yeah agreed they didn't have to do it she she could have still said with where power comes great response which I'm glad they just said it rather than fucking trying to thesaurus their way around different ways of saying this for the last five films yeah. you, you just you just say it <clears throat> but it was nice and the three Spider-Man say it but that didn't have nearly the emotional heft of Andrew Garfield catching MJ. And it was a beautiful moment because it was closure for him, even at a minimum. Hopefully, you know, people are saying he might get to come back now because he was so popular. And I, you know, I'd be honestly, I'd be delighted for him, even if he came back in a small role again. But it was nice even that that, that this film afforded him a little bit of closure on his character who ended on such a sour note that needed a third movie to resolve itself i think that was like good for him honestly and like he he, i remember seeing an interview of him describe like him explaining what his thought process for the character was there and that the reason he was kind of the character's freaking out is because it's such a profound similarity to like the previous incident he's imagining himself seeing a dead gwen um stacy in his hands and that's why zendaya asked back are you okay because like he's clearly just so like it's a really powerful moment that all that heft all that history is like carried through by him like he sells it it's amazing oh yeah like it's it's so good and it's even even um, just his general i love you guys i love you guys and all that and the two of like okay oh, it's like pure it's pure comic book spider-man that he's kind of like a, a a darky kind of funny guy like that's his whole that's his whole that's spider-man you know tob mcguire uh, is too rigid uh, reserved and reserved yeah, yeah. and tom holland is too stoic and like big serious kind of thing but t- tom holland was that cool kind of jokey silly kind of weird spider-man guy like yeah, you know, yeah. That's exa- just riffing riffing, exa- riffing yeah. all the time, time. yeah like, <sighs> there's so many good and like just his his choice of words like where there's that is a fun moment where he when he first is revealed also great whoops even in the cinema even in an irish yeah. cinema i thought that was that's that's good going if you're getting whoops in the cinema in ireland because people are we're an awful stiff crowd let me tell you we don't whoop for an awful lot of things actually we'll whoop for other shite but for some reason whoop not for, for like big... whoop for tails at the end of the sonic the hedgehog movie which i thought was crazy <laughs> <A> tails 
so silly. But like he comes in and like she's throwing stuff at him. MJ to like see if it sticks. He's like, he jumps up and he's just hanging from the ceiling. He's like, that's not enough. And he's like, this this is plenty. Yeah, and just, yeah. just his timing. Where's your ID? Or, like, oh, we don't carry it around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that defeats the whole alter ego thing. Or like he's freaking out when he sees that uh, Tobey Maguire's web flu comes out of his wrist. He's like, how on earth does... And he's like, he's already not paying attention to the rest of the conversation. Like he's, he's having his own moment <laughs> looking at your man's wrist. It's so funny. Do you know the whole pointy bit, you know, for like that meme where they all kind of point yes. each other? That was his idea. Yeah. They were talking about an interview and Andrew Garfield was the one who said, let's do the, the point thing. So they all pointed at each other, you know? And also he gets the best line of that joke moment because they're going, okay, well, I'm Sp- no, I'm Spider-Man 1. And then Tobey Maguire's like, well, I guess I'm Spider-Man 2. And then in this sort of fourth wall breaking moment as in a reference to his Spider-Man not being the best he goes okay okay I'm Spider-Man 3 I'm Spider-Man yeah, 3 exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so, but, so funny but that's pure it's so funny it's so in character for Spider-Man to be like kind of self-depreciating and kind of self-referential and even the way the other two Spider-Men find him annoying means to me that he's the most Spider-Man in them all like, yeah. like I just I thought he was I, he absolutely stole the shot but I will say yeah. a close second for me, anyway, oh, who would you say? Were, who were you thinking? It's it's absolutely Willem Dafoe. It's a hundred, a hundred percent. He he commands the film like he just he, oh. man. He is properly scary. What a scary face he has! Thank God they didn't put it. They got rid of the mask for good reason. Yeah. Uh, uh, the bit where he turns, honestly, the chills that went down. On a dime as well when he just and everybody realizes and you're like, oh no! And Peter Parker is like my spider sense has gone off and you're like, oh God, like... <laughs> oh, very, very clever moment, by the way, because he's surrounded by villains yeah. and he's trying to focus why he's, he can't focus his spider sense for ages. He's just like, wait, what's, what's, what's going on here? And then suddenly it snaps and then you get this, uh, some amazing callbacks to previous lines in all the movies, by the way, the other spider movies where he goes, that's a neat trick. Like, well, obviously, yeah. he says that's. A, I'm something of a scientist <laughs> I know, myself. I'm something a, of a scientist myself. <laughs> what a he, great line! But it shows you how threatening he is because he just like he demo- like he knocks out like he terrifies the other like the other villains fucking scatter. He takes out Doc Ock like pu- like pummels Spider Man like he's way he's he's actually more than a match for nearly all of them. Makes, like uh, s- blows up Doctor Strange at one point as well, because you're just like, <laughs> just get out of here, Doctor Strange. Just just get out of here, man. You know, you're. I don't know why you're not doing anything, but just sit this one out, man, yeah? And finally, we get a bit of a callback to, even with just stuff that we see in more of the, the early Tobin Mugara movies, like tactile, physical, really brutal hand-to-hand combat. Just like with sort of these superpower villains. Like, they're literally thrown each other through corridors and ceilings and stuff and it's so impactful and then it builds to this crescendo where Tom Holland is just punching him in the face and he's just cackling at him yeah and it's it's, it's, it's like because everybody always talks about the Joker and villains and the Joker and that, but like for that moment I was like Green Goblin is probably the best villain on screen I've seen for years now like and oh, also for William ages. Defoe only signed on if he could do all his own stunts so that's him getting pummeled actually William Defoe getting pummeled between all the floors and everything like it's just so because he said he wanted it to be physical and visceral and it really really is like he sold every every single scene he's in and also his character arc in the movie is super interesting because he looks timid and also what like they do make some really clever creative decisions like 
I think Marvel have a good knack of kind of paying homage to the comic books really effectively and even the cartoon because by having him ditch his mask and then go to a homeless shelter and put on like a baggy hoodie yes. by the time we get to the end all the shredded clothes then match like the the costume that he 100% had 100% with, the, in the, with the, yeah, in the comics the purple hood, the hood and the green and the top per- underneath was just I couldn't believe when they actually did it was like oh the, so excellent and he took yeah excellent pulled it off like yeah, no, he was super. Um, uh, like I mean, a bit of a again, bit of a ex machina easy fix at the end. Later, just stab him with some juice, and he's yeah, he's, he's back to normal. Which you know, that's again where the, the the film falls apart the second it ends. The, oh, like um, the, the 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 whole like after the kind of cool battle with the villains, the the film again goes back to this point where I just where the Marvel, the MCU has been set up in such a way that I just, I was getting annoyed because the multiverse is coming apart and all this stuff is happening. And like, you know, Doctor Strange is trying to solve it. And you're thinking at this point, well, surely some other Avenger, an Eternal, I mean, surely to God, somebody is like, the multiverse and the universe is falling apart just over there. Surely now we should do something. Surely now Captain Marvel should fly in. Surely now the Eternals, yeah. even though they're promised never to intervene, should be like, well, I feel like the multiverse breaking is probably enough of an incentive for us to get up and do something. So that, for me, again, <laughs> it's when it was like, okay, this is when the problem kicks in now, guys. This is because you've, you've set yourself up to fail you know yeah and also yeah and i think again you know as conveniently as it started by simply needing to go to college and then poof villains and older spider-man appear they just as easily apparently we just have to accept that oh they're just fine yep. they just get to go home it's all and everything's sorted. fine they literally just disappear and we just have to literally just accept ah well they're grand i suppose i just have, like and look I get that this is a superhero film to do that a lot, but the problem is that Marvel likes to tee itself up as like, you know, we we, we make all this logic work and like they bit off more than they could chew yeah. massively. And, and, and because fortunately, because the rest of the film is so excellent and some of the scenes and motivations are really well thought out, then when that happens at the end, you're like, oh, <laughs> that was a bit yeah. easy. Too easy. <laughs> Too easy a fix. Yeah. And then, like, surely to God, like, I know maybe this will happen in the next Doctor Strange movie, but surely someone's just going to walk up to him at the start of the film and be like, right, everything is revoked from you. You're not a doctor anymore. You're not anything. You can't have access to this magic. Get out of here. Do you realize what you've done? Unbelievable. That should be Doctor Strange's story over because he's a chump in this film. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, like that. Yeah. What a mess they made of his character. I oh, know you said it already, but like, tough. the fact that like, he won't even tell Tony Stark that he has to sacrifice himself because that's what, like that, that determines whether we get, they get the, the Infinity Stones. That's the one, you know, the one yep. variable, that's the one time that they win out of 14 billion chances. Yep. That's the one time they win. He's that disciplined. Like he goes through all those. He figures it out. He's the guy, he's the only guy who knows everything. To go from that like his character is amazing in the event in those. Avengers yeah, I was just about movies. to say like he, that the Avengers. He films. takes on he takes on Thanos by himself and yeah. probably could like take him on, but has to, he willingly sacrifices himself knowing the outcome. Keeps him from Tony Stark. Like educates him. Like everybody else comes back and he's the one that orchestrates with the other feckin' wizards to get the portals. Like he's so crucial to how those ones wrap up to then just go for this silly college kid. What yeah. this silly high school kid wants to get into college. I suppose I'll mess with the fabric of space time. To get him in. He says to Tony and to Peter in, in Infinity War, he's like, I'm going to sacrifice that kid if I have to, to make sure yeah. he doesn't get that stone. And I loved him in those films. And then this time now, he's like, he's just all quippy and jokey and it's all okay. And I'm like, what Not the hell Not everybody has happened? to be quippy. Exactly, exactly. Not everybody has to be quippy. 
So, so because that's just a mess. The, the last thing I want to say, I, I, and then we, sorry, yeah. you want to say something? Different? I was just gonna say yeah, other honorable men- other honorable mentions. I think yeah, we like we poor Alfred Molina. He was an embarrassment of riches. He he's great in it though. He I is, thought yep. like he's really good. Um, he's just a good actor. He was it was fun having him back, and he has a nice character arc as well. He's a lovely moment with Tobey Maguire again. Where they ref- they reuse yeah, the same like, the first classic line, lines yeah. classic lines brilliant but uh, or no oh I did like how they made the arc reactor the power of the sun and the palm of my hand I thought that was a really fun little, little caught yep the nice little little nod and a wink to the rest of the MCU as well yep yeah yeah that was that was clever um he was good uh who else was fun you know Jamie Fox very limited but he had some really funny lines yeah and like, like he, he's honestly not in like his character in the actual Amazing Spider Man but that's a good thing. So, but and like I mean, the movie was was absolutely flying when they were all just getting the bounce of each other. Just looks like, yeah, I fell into this guy. He fell into a. Uh, you gotta a, watch where you fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's just like, he's like, well, yeah, that'll do it. Excellent. <laughs> Those moments were just so good. Ah, oh, yeah, really. Were. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, the, 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 yeah. But, the, the last thing I want to say, and and I think because yeah. I'm gonna jump onto this quiz, then the last thing I want to say about it is that look, no, the the problem with this film then for me is that no matter how good it was it was never going to be into the Spider-Verse. And because it was almost trying to take the same storyline in a way by bringing all Spider-Men together, it was always going to be compared to that. And because this film had like, you know, it almost had a lot going in for it, like had all the characters already created. That was like a positive and a negative. But just because of that, it was always going to draw comparisons for me and it was never going to beat into the Spider-Verse. So I do think that an actual, not criticism, but... The film had a had a you know a stumbling block in that it was never going to be this other film, which did essentially what it this did, but it did it beforehand. So it was it was always yeah. going to be trouble. See, and it's no matter how much yeah, no matter how hard I tried, also it wasn't original. Spider Verse yeah. did it first. It was the one that that took the the leap to try and make this work, and they succeeded. And also, if they were really like they were clearly copying this almost exactly in terms of like oh, yeah. l- oh, very yeah. loose mechanic. Old Spider Man comes back, and he's just like this this mentor yeah. to a younger Spider Man. Like it's it's, and then the other villains come back. It's actually far more similar than people probably would be willing to give Spider Verse credit for. Yep. But crucially, what sets that movie off to the races? Well, careful, um, <laughs> is the fact that it's a villain that forces the yes, multiverse. Exactly. Open. Yep. So, like, you could have just done that. There could have just been some crazy, wacky scientist who, like, interferes with Doctor Strange and, like, n- knocks him out and does it and, like, bests him momentarily. And then Doctor Strange happens to be with Peter at the time. Yeah, or something, to do, something in- to do with Endgame, alter things because he went to space. Because at one stage, Spider-Man is touching the reality gem. There's a million things you could have done. But, yeah, I, I did say that, that, yeah, the motivation for changing things is so weak. It's so, so weak. And because of that, you're yeah. like, well, the whole film kind of suffers because of it then. Because you're like, this is just yeah. stupidity. Why both Peter and why Doctor Strange would allow this? That as soon as somebody talks to him, the whole thing goes wrong. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? You're terrible, Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Terrible Doctor Strange. Right. It's the terrible Doctor Strange. It's, yeah, that's that's the next film actually. It's the terrible Doctor Strange in Multiverse of Madness. Ah oh, no, but look, it's a great, it's a great film. Go see it if you haven't seen it. We spoiled it all. Yeah. Everyone's seen it by this stage. It's fine. But Rob, yeah. we're, we're going to move yes. on now to what I think is going to be very funny. It's not really a quiz as such, but because it's the very start of the year, and we've had a weird few oh. years. This is basically how we're going to decide your future, my friend. Let's see what the future holds for you. In of oh, course, Bud Feeds, Buzzfeed's quiz. Oh, oh we're Bud back. Feed. Back. 
Jesus. Choose a movie from each year of the 90s to find out which what 2022 will bring for you. Oh my goodness, okay. I love the yeah, this so. sometimes BuzzFeed got like I mean I mean they throw an awful lot of shit at the oh, world. Oh, it's 99% hey, shit. <laughs> but you sometimes know. something sticks. I I like the sound of this one. I like the sound of this. So, uh, pick a movie from 1990. Your selections are Home Alone, Goodfellas, Pretty Woman, Back to the Future Part 3, Ghost, or Edward Scissorhands. Oh, feckin' hell. You said Back to the Future, and then you said Part 3, and I was like, well... <laughs> no. Um, ah, well, that one's fine. Uh, I'm going to go at Home Alone, because I watched that by far the most, and it's a really fun movie that I look forward to every Christmas. Excellent. Okay, 1991. Jeez, who picked these films? Anyway, Hook, Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> What About Bob, Cape Fear... My own private <laughs> Idaho and the Adams family. Jesus, <laughs> not a strong year. No. Not a strong year for uh, <laughs> for movies. Arguably Spielberg's weakest, but I'll pick Hook because I had it on video and I watched it a lot. And I love Robin Williams. Good man. Okay, this is so this there. is funny. Uh, pick a movie from 1992. The Body oh, The Bodyguard. <laughs> Basic Instinct. Sister Act. <laughs> Batman Returns. Aladdin or a league of their own. Batman Returns. Is that ninety two? Apparently. Wait, is that the one with Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. And Danny DeVito. Oh, I'll go with Batman Returns. Alright, right, ninety three. Groundhog Day, the Joy Luck Club, Jurassic Park, but I will just, there I'll just it press is. Jurassic Park, yeah. What else what else did they put in there, the feckers? Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Hocus Pocus, and what's eating Gilbert Grape? Ugh, mm. Oh my god Right Jurassic Park 94 This is very funny The Mask Forrest Gump <laughs> Pulp Fiction Speed l- oh, me. Little Women And The Little Rascals <laughs> the, little, the Little Rascals Oh what a callback oh, uh, But no I'll go with Pulp Fiction Please and thank you Nice Alright 95 While You Were Sleeping Batman Forever Waiting to Exhale To Die For Clueless Or The Film You're Going to Choose Toy Story. No, give me Batman Forever. Really? I will not abandon. Yes, because I have, I had that on video and I watched it incessantly. And there's a great U2 song at the end of it. Hold me, throw me, kiss me, kill me. It's amazing. Watched it recently. Do, 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 hold me. Yes, do, do, it's a great tune. Anyway. Also, Jim Carrey is the excellent. In that. He's, he's excellent. Uh, he's he's amazing. Also, you've I told you that story of what Tommy Jones. Jones said to yeah, him. yeah. Elucidate for the listeners again, just in case. <laughs> Because obviously they're chalk and cheese, those two people in real life. Tommy Lee Jones takes himself very, very, very far too seriously. I say that like I know him, but that's by all accounts what he's like. And of course, Jim Carrey was at the peak of his Carrey powers in the 90s. He was just an absolute unhinged lunatic. <laughs> so, As opposed to now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sorry. Nice. He's at it, but I think it's only escalated. But, you know, Carrey was an admirer of uh, Lee Jones. So he's like tried to reach out to him. He invited him for lunch or something one day. <laughs> but Dominic Jones just returned just turned around and said, No thanks. I cannot condone your buffoonery. <laughs> Excellent. Why would you say that to someone? Excellent. He's an actor. It's but yeah, Batman Forever. And it's because uh, Jim Carrey had just released uh, I think it was I think the year that Dumb and Dumber and all that came out in 94 that was the year that Tommy Lee Jones had his first big comedy out and because of those comedies it just burned like it just you know absolutely bombed oh. so because of that Tommy Lee Jones hated him and held a grudge 
Seriously? Yeah, like genuinely, yeah. Wild. There you go. Hated him for it. Nice. Maybe don't do comedy. Yeah, or, or don't do a film with Jim Carrey. <laughs> nice. Um, that's a two-faced. There you go, right there. That's his character. Nice. Oh, yeah. Excellent. I've lost it all together. Right, 1996. Romeo and Juliet, The First Wives Club, Jack, Matilda, The Nutty Professor, or the classic Independence Day. Oh, wow. Uh, ooh. Oh, feck it. I'll go with Independence it's Day. It's gotta be. Crack. Come on. Uh, 1997 Selena Titanic My best How are they picking these? I mean I've just This is like a crapshoot uh, My best friend's wedding George of the Jungle Christ. Yeah I, 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 I didn't mean to say that But I, I heard it I heard, I heard it too uh, Liar Liar <laughs> And Men in Black Ah, <laughs> oh, I'll go with Men in Black That's good fun I'll go with Men in, I'll go with Men in Black Alright Speaking of Tommy Lee 1998 The Parent Trap Practical Magic Jesus There's Something About Mary Ever After a Cinderella Story, Doctor Doolittle, and Armageddon. I'll I'll go I'll go Armageddon because I, I did like that when I was younger. I was that, okay. that was that was good. Last question. Over the top action. Last question. Okay. Nineteen ninety nine. Big Daddy. Jesus, somebody. <laughs> anyway, The Matrix, The Sixth Sense, Ten Things are what's it called? Something lies. The man lies. What is it? The Jap- the Japanese name you were saying? What for the Who? Sixth Sense? You were saying remember the Japanese name is like. <laughs> No, he's just, it's just, it's just, um, he's a ghost. That's what it was. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, who's a ghost? Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey, or Never Been Kissed? Uh, the Matrix, please. Oh, look at this. Well, this is a bit late, but there you go. You'll move to another country. Oh, Christ. Pack your bag. Unless you're coming home. Uh, pack your bags. 2022 will result in a major change in scenery for you. For some, you'll move to another country for work. And others might go for adventure. What? Whoa. Uh, make sure you enjoy this destination as you explore your new surroundings. <laughs> well, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to connect that back to the films that I picked and I'm so confused. <laughs> Well, well, Not that I expected it to make any sense. Armageddon, Men in Black, Independence Day, like the Batman movies. He travels in the Batman films, right? Not actually. He doesn't in any of those ones. No, he, does he? He doesn't. He very specifically stays in Gotham for all of those. I don't know. Yeah, well, there we go. Well, we're going to have guess, to yeah, maybe, keep an eye on this and see if Rob uh, travels. See, see, I, it's funny. You said you're going to move. I thought, wow, that's a very brief prediction that they've given me that's all i've got to go on i mean i, I you're going to move i didn't get the answers i actually never did the quiz there but it's very generic you're going to move okay oh you're going to move thanking you all right right very um, insightful very clearly very insightful we will keep you updated listeners of that actually if buzzfeed's accuracy proves yet again to be uh, incoherently well, false <laughs> well see this is the thing you see it could be like it could be like the uh the matrix it could be like the oracle just like He's like, do you want a cookie? Well, you already know if I'm going to take it or not. It's almost just like, by simply telling me what is going to happen, it already has, ha- has happened. Motion. Yeah, It already, if anything, has happened because it is destined to happen you, because of... You've been incepted. The con- because of... I have. I've absolutely been incepted. Nice. Purposefully. Purposeful. Deliberately. Nice. Right. So, folks, we're just about finished, but I'm really quickly... Uh, we were going to do a discussion about uh, Uncharted mm. the trilogy, but we're not going to do that. But instead, what we are going to do, okay... Is oh our usual typical world breaking segment charting uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Actually, it's good timing because you were saying we should be talking about Uncharted today. And just before, I was like, oh my god, that, that movie's going to be out imminently. I, uh, like within a matter of weeks. I know. So if we save it for the next one, and it's so good because for the context, the reason we want to talk about it is because Ross is now playing through them. So he'll probably be done by with the fourth one by the time he sees the movie yes. and by the time we talk about this, which actually works out better, if anything. Um, but he... Well, let's just say he's he, he now understands my adoration for the games and also my sheer hatred for this <laughs> for this film yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah so so basically I played the Uncharted trilogy I beat the first three uh, look the first one I mean we talk about this more in detail next time but the first one's oh, it's okay it's pretty good but two and three are just phenomenal and now I am starting four so I'll keep I'll keep updated yeah, keep, in the podcast and keep stuff plugging like that. away yeah, and, and I'll keep updated about where I am in my in my traversals but all i can say is that after just playing the first three rob i can i can really i know you told me to play them many times but i can really see especially with that plane scene and you were talking about it on the podcast how frustrating it is to see that plane bit in the podcast or in the film in the trailer it's like you've ruined everything that that scene is like so important like contextual the, con- the context of it is so important and kind of what happens after and how it happens that like to have this young tom holland and this like 25 year old sully in this film and then try to do it is like what are you what are you doing lads like what what are you doing here like it, it also just like you know, th- that sequence is sacred so just by you know it, they came up with it so come up with something new like you don't just like it's it's again it's like that it's like that cheap I call this the Zack Snyder approach where he sees something that's cool and then just recreates it without really knowing the context within which it lives. So, you know, like, just because it was cool once doesn't mean you can just do it again and then it'd be to be just as equally as effective. Also, the reason it's so effective in the games, that crate hanging out of the plane sequence, is because you play that moment. You're climbing back into the plane. Exactly. It's astonishing. Like, it's so and, exciting. And then you just get the parachute down. It all it all happens in real time as you're playing. That's what makes and it f- so... Yeah. Followed by a profound moment of quiet. Uh, the next, like, level. Uh, probably rot. You probably were, like, not expecting it to have this... Which is what the movie is not going to do. I was taking, no I was taking videos on my phone to make GIFs of these, these screens that I couldn't believe just how beautiful they looked. Of just, like you know Nathan Drake really like pinprick Nathan Drake in the background walking on the desert as like grains of sand just fall down the sides of sand dunes it was just phenomenal stuff like yeah and then they're just going to shoehorn that into the movie because it, they know that it's kind of cool so I guess they're like I guess we'll just do that rather than come up with something like, like you can come up with your own stuff and it just looks again man just a generic Hollywood quippiness, this sort of improv style yeah. of just like, oh well, yeah, you can't kid, you can't make a living <laughs> lifting bracelets. <laughs> but like the whole point is that like when young Nathan Drake meets Sully, he's like he's like twelve or eleven or something like that because it like fosters the whole father son kind of relationship between them. How can that happen if if he's gonna meet? He's, he's already, already in his mid twenties. Twenties, like that, just and I wouldn't mind, but. Tom Holland actually does kind of look like the younger Nathan Drake, but the problem is now is that Tom Holland's like in his mid twenties, so that's all shot to shit. Like, ah, it's just, <laughs> yeah, ah, it's just. He actually, he to be fair, he does look like the younger character. Doesn't that he? See in the third Doesn't one. he? Yeah, ah, he does. Bullshit is what it is. And like you said, Mark Wahlberg actually looks closer to Sam, his brother from Uncharted Four, than he does Sully. So just do that. Ah, <laughs> oh. oh, God. But, but, 
with that, folks, we have reached the end of our first episode of 2022. Some thought it would never happen, some including the both of us, but it has happened. We've done it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aren't we great? We are. Serious crap. That was good fun, Rob. That was fun to have a, just a whirlwind, what are we, what's, what's, what's happening, what's going on, fun stuff, you know? Yeah. And it was fun to talk about Spider-Man in depth. I think we've we've been holding that savoring. Back. We've been sitting on that for a while. Yeah. So like that was that was that, that was worthy of a just an expletive laden discussion. <laughs> it surely was. It surely was. And we got to find out that you're going to move this year. So yeah, that's true. I'm moving to the sun. I'm going to fly into the sun <laughs> and melt away. It's all the guilt. No, well, surely because I, I was guilt. doing something. I was at a wedding at your birthday party. I'll have the guilt. The guilt will make me fly into the sun. You know. So that's well, me too. That's the call me guilty. Well, we won't go there. <laughs> I, was about to, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't create a brand here. Yeah, let's, That'll let's, be a terrible idea. yeah, let's not, let's freaking not. It's funny because, um, we were talking about earlier that we were obviously out, had a few drinks beforehand, uh, well, before Christmas, and my, our, my friend Darren was there who also listens to this podcast, but, um, there was a really oh, I, I mean I know he's going to give out when I tell you but there's this really funny moment where we were playing a game where like it's called Fingers and uh, you play with your friends and whoever loses the game has to do a shot and uh, he lost the game and, uh, he, and this was his first time meeting Rob who's made it even funnier <laughs> and he was all pure bravado and he was like oh, I don't even mind doing a shot of this picked up the shot glass and instantly dropped it on the ground like I know he didn't mean to but that, that's what made it funnier it was just pure timing working out and it was so funny so yeah he didn't mean to but it looked so deliberate it was so perfectly time. timed it was like i couldn't have paid him to do a better job like <laughs> honestly just i turned to my right and it in my head uh, the way i remember it it's like he looked at me square in the face and just <laughs> poured it out <laughs> just p- deliberately poured it out in front of me on the t- yeah exactly oh I don't mind doing the shot at all and like slowly each drop of the shot just between you and him as you stare at each other in the eye that's how it happens in my head as well to be honest so uh, <sighs> God, good times good times but Rob where mm. where can the listeners if, if they want to check us out where can they find us the best place is our you know what Rob Rob actually you know what we, Spot- we, we do this all the time will we just is it even worth it will we just say look we're, we're, we're podcast hosts we're on them all like realistically is there any point yeah we really yeah, are so- that's true Strange Radio 2 let's mix it up look just go to Spotify go to Apple Podcasts all those, and on SoundCloud as well and we're at Cap Understands or Understood Reference and all those uh, look you'll just honestly if you feckin just google the name of the podcast and podcast after that we'll more than likely appear in some shape or form. Exactly. So you'll find us there. But also, of course, not let's let's let us not forget. <clears throat> we've got the Twitter, which is at Cap Understands. Uh, Ross curates that wonderfully. Lots of tweets going up, tweets of references, and us having a good time, and all sorts of stuff. Darren probably pouring shots, probably features on there at some stage. <laughs> oh, good times! Uh, oh, that one is sticking. He's <laughs> that. I'm not letting that go. Nope. I forgot about that. But oh, yeah, yeah. We can, you can find us in any good any good podcast player. You'll find us there. So there you go. Perfect. And Twitter. It's a time for new beginnings. We don't, you know what I mean? We're, we're around long enough on the block now that people can find us. Y- yeah. People have been finding us. I don't have time for this. I, I'm moving. I got to get out of here. Yeah, I got to move. Exactly. So like... You got you to gotta get out to your next, the next multiverse, man, okay? You're, you're getting called. Mm. <laughs> got a friend. Got to call on a favor. But yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Folks, it's been fun. It's been real. It's good to be back. 
And I guess we'll see you all and uh, throughout the year and have a great time. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for tuning in. All that's left to say is that I have been Ross. And I have been Rob. It's time to fly to the sun. It's been Iron to the reference. Let's bloody well get out of here. Take off. Get in there. Start melting, you waxy bastard. Let's go. <laughs> you waxy bastard. Oh, that's large of us. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ.